blink and they're gone to find out who they are without us. All the more reason we come to West Virginia to introduce them to simple things like rolling hills, walks in the forest, warm campfires. And we hold on to that feeling for as long as we can. Find your version of heaven this fall at wvtourism.com. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
like that. All right. This is your host with the most apps. And I do have the most apps. I got way too many apps. I even have my own app now for this podcast. So, if you are catching this from iTunes, uh, Google Play, uh, Deezer, uh, Soundify, and or anywhere else really, um, check out the Google Play Store. Look up the title. You should find me. If anything, um, I'll drop a link for anybody catching in late. Actually, this is pretty cool. My analytics for the show are like nuts. Just in the past week, really. And it's kind of it's cool, of course, because that's like the aim and the goal. But I'm also a little bit nervous. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty cool, I guess. You know. Uh, so that piano song, that's a deep one. That was back in 2016, if you remember that year. Right, I know. That year was uh, so crazy that they started to make mock uh, horror film... Uh, film... Um, what was it? Like, uh, promotionals, right? You remember that? Like, 2016. <laughs> it was pretty bad. It was... It was uh, pretty bad for me too. The show is explicit, by the way. Very explicit. No, it's lightweight explicit. We're vanilla here, but that's okay. But anyways, that song is one of the reasons why this show is called Savant Syndrome, or it has the Savant Syndrome in it. And if you've never heard of the Savant Syndrome, what that refers to is when a person suddenly has the ability to do something spectacular or intense. And that's what that was, actually. That recording was of me being able to play a piano out of the blue. I don't, I've never taken lessons, you know. I've, you know, sure, I've uh, just like everybody else, you know, I've like dabbled and tried to do like things and press the keys and stuff, you know. But that song came out of nowhere. What it was, was I was heartbroken. I was distraught. I was in the most fucked up time in my life. Super fucked up time in my life. Everything was going bad. My mom went missing. I was going to Canada. You know, I hadn't been to Canada since I was a kid. Like, three years old. And I was going to Canada to go look for my mom, who I hadn't seen in 15 years. And she went missing right before I, um, right before I got my ticket, actually. Isn't that a bitch? I, not that she knew. She had no idea. There was no way for her to know. You know? But that's how it went. And life is weird. Nonetheless, that song came out. I woke up. Nobody was home. No, I think my dad might have been home, but I don't know. I don't think so. Either he was or he wasn't. doesn't matter. But, you know, uh, my cousin had a piano here because she she couldn't take it into her new place, I guess. And I sat down at it, and I 
I played it. That came out. And I played for three hours. Now, the recording is after, of course. But the original time, I played for three hours straight. And I, I had no idea. Like, it just came out of me. And it was perfect. And it was beautiful. And it, it, it was from the heart. And isn't that the thing about music, too, right? Music, poetry, art, creation, the creativity, the creative forces, as Edgar Casey calls it. Well, those are a thing of frequency, of light, of flow. That's what they call it in... Uh, flow, actually, that's what they call flow. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a, a psychological... Um, kind of niche going on. It's like a hip, hip thing going on right now where they're trying to crack the uh, mental state where a person's in when they're in the flow, you know, when they're in the zone, right? And there's a huge amount of science behind it, and it's all really cool stuff. But I am really not pro in uh, all their terminology, so I won't bore you with that because that would sound really weird. But um, in any case, for me... When it comes to savant syndrome, it's a lot more simple. Way more simple, you know, because it comes down to the heart. It comes down to the natural emotions that are flowing. I mean, if you think about it, all of art and poetry and music is really all of us trying to find the right way to express what we already do feel. You know, so the feeling is already there but you just don't have the words, right? You know, we don't have the means to explain, but we want to try, we want to express, we need to express, and it comes out so passionately sometimes that it comes out full force, already constructed, you have no idea where it came from. In the spiritual community, we, um, well, we refer to this as, you know, kind of like a natural thing. Channels, channeling. Right? Now, a lot of times we get, uh, you know, people cringe at that. It's like, oh, shit, this person's fucking possessed or some shit. <laughs> like, but, you know, actually, um, I think what we should be asking ourselves is, where does consciousness lie? Where's, where does consciousness come from? If you go into the field of Neurology, well, they don't know. They don't. When they talk about consciousness, they explain it as, and I quote, uh, loosely quote from an old uh, Discovery magazine way back in the day, when they were doing an article on uh, on this, uh, on a quantum non-locality, and a conscious non-locality, that's what they call it. They explained it as, we can't find the person behind the keyboard. Because you can measure the brain, you can measure the brain waves. The thing is, is that the entire body is communicating with itself. The gut has neuron cells, so does the heart. And it, the whole thing is in constant communication with itself. And sometimes it's faster than the, um, the speed of the nerves. So it, it doesn't make sense. It makes no possible sense that the body, the brain could be communicating those signals to the gut when the gut is already active and reacting in the fashion, because of the conscious thought, prior to the nerves even being enacted, you know, that, in a lot of ways, it um, 
doesn't make sense, and it does. It doesn't if we base it off of the way that we used to think things were, with uh, the mind being the you know, master mind, quote-unquote. You know, it's like um, really ridiculous, because we've put all this uh, ideology and terminology based on these really wrong things, you know. They have no uh, fundamental truth. But the ancients knew. Of course they did. All of our most ancient religions and uh, spirituality, they all come from this idea that who we are as beings has much more to do with something that's not tangible in our physical reality. Something that's beyond but always there within. We always say, we always say, go within, right? You know, look within. People say that, you know, and people, you know, they, they, they say it offhandedly. But it's much more simple. I mean, it's right there in front of our faces because it's the emotion. It's the heart. When you follow the heart, it's not about, you know, oh, just uh, if, if uh, you think a thought and then you know, the thing seems bad, then that means that it's bad and that's your intuition. No, 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 that's your cognitive dissonance. What intuition is, is the ability to choose love, to choose to see the, the silver lining in anything, in anything. Have patience. The going within is, of course, realizing the emotions and what they're coming from. And then having the um, having the courage, really, that's a huge part too. The courage to be humble, the cur the courage to choose compassion. People think being hard, like you know, being all gangster, means strong. No, no, that's fear. You know, because it's easy to hate. It's easy to blame. It's easy to attack. It's hard to not. In fact, it's hard to give love while being attacked. Jesus Christ showed that. He proved that. We all can empathize with him, yet in our denials of empathizing, we reject that wisdom. That it takes strength to love your enemies. It takes strength to love people who hate you. Now, I'm, I don't like to look at anybody as an enemy, you know, but sometimes people in illusions, they blame. They make up things. They dramatize and they run with it. And sometimes they don't even want to let that go because it's uh, the sunk cost fallacy. So, it becomes a thing about authenticity. Now, I know nowadays, since uh, we're all social media uh, themed, that we, we take authenticity to mean like, oh, 
speaking like a commercial guy, you know, the movie phone voice, and then, um, I don't know, I don't know. I keep hearing that, you know, um, watching these videos that people are making, it's like, they're talking about authenticity, like it's an act. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it, I don't follow, no, 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 that's not it. It doesn't matter about the other people, forget the other people, right? Authenticity is to yourself. Because a lot of times, that's the whole thing is that we're fooling ourselves. We're fooling ourselves in what we think, uh, who we think we are. We're fooling ourselves in what we think we want. We're fooling ourselves in what we get offended at, even. And I, I, uh, I fail in that all the time, really. You know, I'm just a human, just like everybody else. And that's the thing, is that um, If I didn't look at that, if I didn't look at myself in that, if I wanted to be prideful, then, you know, I wouldn't want to feel the shame, right? You know, I, I, would, I would specifically mentally reject anything that might hint towards me being wrong or anything that might hint towards my mistakes, even to myself. This is the nature of cognitive dissonance, right? Denial. So authenticity becomes a thing that's very spiritual. It's a very, very spiritual thing. Authenticity, if you're not... I mean, it, it all has to stem to the self, right? You know, it's it comes from that. It comes from being real with yourself. And the thing is, is that... Um, it's, it's a hard one. It's a hard one, you know. Uh, the universe comes at us and... We always have these things in front of us, right? Now, I remember in high school, I faced this problem. You know, uh, what it is, is we can either think of things as a sign or a test. Now, notice that when you think of things as any or, that some for some reason, it equally still, in any uh, situation you can think of, it could still be the other one. You won't know. You don't know. And you'll probably never know, because neither exists. In my opinion, that's my own personal opinion. Don't you know? Take take everything with a grain of salt and a shot of tequila, whatever. But I don't know. That's just what I think. It's, uh, I think that God does not mock, and that's a quote that Edgar Casey once said. And see, that's the thing is that we do have free will, right? You know. We have that free will. That is the creative force, the creative right. And it's um it's a responsibility. In Hawaii, they called this responsibility. The Kapu. The Kapu system. Of course they didn't say the word system. <laughs> That's a word we use now, but they called it the Kapu. And some of the laws were very, very strict and really ridiculous sometimes. Like, uh, there weren't, uh, women were not allowed to eat with men. Isn't that weird? They weren't allowed to eat pork either. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you know. What's up, Tyler?
you know, you might think that's ridiculous, and, um, I mean, I think it's ridiculous, but I also leave a little spot open for possibility, which is a healthy thing to do. It's a very humble thing to do. To leave a little spot open for possibility. You know, you don't ever want to take 100%, you know, uh, rulership on an ideology, right? You know, because that's obviously obtuse. You, by nature, cannot know or see or witness as human the full perspective. That's why we have the zodiac going in a circle. It's a cycle. You cannot see all perspectives because you do not understand all the values. Now, you can. It's possible. Hercules did it. That's why he went through the 12 trials of Hercules, right? To become immortal again. And, um, it's seen in a lot of other uh, aspects that we have in mythologies, too. These aspects of the storyline, right? Is that the hero who is you in your life, goes through this storyline that's always really symbolic. Now, I tell it through what I call the story of the houses. But I I don't think... Uh, I think that's a long one, so I'll save that for another time. Yeah, it's a whole episode in itself. And actually, I'm making a, a uh, kid's book about that one. That would be interesting. That would be cool. But it's basically the story of awareness, of uh, awareness growing from nothingness to everything that we know of so far, as of yet. And it's symbolic. It's so symbolic that we can measure it, analyze it, and use it in astrology, down to the point where I once was able to, with help, of course, from a tarot reader, locate a convict on the run. I knew what car he was driving, what color car he was driving, um, and where it was at. That's all I got out of it. But, nonetheless, that's how amazing it is. That's how really strange that um, the whole thing works, right? When we think about conscious reality, when we think about uh, the 3D world that we have around us. We think, like, oh, no, that can't be true. That can't be possible. But it sure can. And it's actually quite logical, too. If we take out the perspectives that we've already put on top of everything, and we just kind of see it from the heart, right? Now, let me explain. We'll look at this so elementally. That it's, it's more of the uh, microcosm than that. Because we're looking at electrons. Right? By nature, an electron will repel another electron if it gets too close to it. They don't want to get too... They don't want to get close. You know, they don't want <laughs> They just hate each other. But, you know, they, they need each other close enough to where they... They'll cling on from a distance, you know, they'll circle each other and whatnot. But um the thing is they don't wanna they don't wanna look eye to eye, they don't wanna face eye to eye. 
in quantum physics, it's a funny thing because in the nature of an electron, well, they can't tell any difference. You can tell the difference between one another from its uh, its quark spin, right? But and and uh, which direction in space time it's going because they do go in uh, multiple uh, superpositions, right? You know, they can go forward in time, backwards in time. They can go both directions in time. And they can split up into five different parts that are going in all different directions in time and space. Right? But effectively, they're the same. Now, here's that. That's the thing right there, is that why, why, why aren't they the same? Maybe they quite damn well are the same. When you have um, the... A lot of the, uh, the, the experiments, when it comes to the nature of electrons or photons, it really comes down to that. You know, uh, uh, so like an electron, you can, uh, if you have two entangled electrons, right, and you've entangled them, and then you split them up. You send one down that way, you send one down the other way, it doesn't matter how far away it is. For some reason, space and the amount of space has no effect, it doesn't matter. But when you enact on one, on the other end, the other one will react at the exact same time. Exact same time. Faster than the speed of light. That's that's exact same time. Now, by default, this means that there would have to be a, a place in reality, a dimensional realm where they're intermeeting, you know, where that data of the connection, so where one is reacting, so that the other one knows exactly um, that it's happening, right? Or it's all fake, and there is no space or time. Right? That's a huge one. That is a huge one. So what happens when two electrons meet? Well, if they collide, and they get close enough to look eye to eye, Then it bends this fabric of space and time, and a photon comes out. And that's how all light is actually made. Light comes from the fabric of space and time, bending when two electrons meet. Now, why am I saying this? It's because we have a cycle in the chart, in the zodiac chart, right? Now, any aspect, any, any sign, when you're at its perspective, if you look straight across from the other side, well, that's the exact opposite, you know? And I don't just mean that's the opposite side. I mean that the perspective of values that that sign has is specifically opposite of the values and perspectives that the other sign has, to the point where they will not be able to see eye to eye. Now, where does the miracle come in? I mean, right, you know, you have a uh, Aries, for instance, a... Uh, the nature of the Aries is a little bit self-centered, you know, but not in a bad way, but in a, a joyful way, in a, a kind of like the way a uh, innocent baby is, you know. The baby doesn't care if it's 2 a.m., you know, if it's hungry, <laughs> right? You know, it's going to cry, it's going to whine, but that's not to say Aries are whiners. They're not, they're not in general. They're more of the challenger, but that's not the point. Is that a Libra, though, Libra is more uh, 
vocal. It's the, it's the air sign that comes after Gemini, you know, the sign of communication. And it's, um, Libra is all about equality. It's all about, um, uh, vocal virtues, you know. And it kind of lacks a lot of the um, innate self-understanding that Aries has. You know, a Libra uh, sometimes can be really dumb. You know, really smart too, but a lot of times really dumb when it comes to um, the natures of uh, self-value or self-respect, uh, things like that. And it matters, it depends too, because that's just talking about in general, but that has nothing to do with, uh, I'm not mentioning here the houses that it could be in, right? Or the planets, right? Because the aspecting planets do matter. You're not just your sun sign. In fact, in a lot of ancient um, astrology, like Vedic, for instance, Vedic, uh, the moon is more important. And you go by your moon sign, right? Well, anywho, let's go back to the Kapu. Now, in the Kapu system, we're talking about a system from a people that were very elemental. The Hawaiians, way, way before there was uh, Charles Darwin, with the, the Darwin theory, they talked and sang about uh, the the evolution of animals from their oldest chant that they have, the Kumulipo. They have a Jesus Christ story too, believe it or not. That's right. If you've watched that, um, what is that new one? I don't even know. You know, that new Maui one. Not the Lilo and Stitch one, but the other one with the guy, Maui guy. Right, Maui, right? In Hawaii, he's known as the Hawaiian Superman. Fished all the islands out from the sea. A lot more crazy stories than that, actually. You know, uh, a very elemental thing. So, and um, yeah, he was born of a mother that. Uh, what do they call it? I forget. You know, um, virgin mother. And uh, he also had to go through trials, too. I think it was 12 or 10. Uh, might be 10, actually. But he did. He had to go through trials to become a god. And that's the essence of the kahuna, actually. Kahuna, coming from huna, which means secret, or the secret. And a kahuna would be the keeper of the secret. The one who keeps that, that wisdom. Well, back in the day, it wasn't a secret. It, was, it only became a secret because, well, at first they were um, attacked by the Samoans, right? And then the Samoans uh, overruled and made it illegal. They made the, uh, the religion that they had illegal. So they had to keep it a secret. And then, of course, uh, Christians came with Captain Cook and they made it illegal too. By the way, that was a horrible thing in history that's pretty much been washed out and uh, blanketed over. Nobody really talks about that. you know. But the Hawaiians went through a lot of fucking shit. A lot of shit. 
the only reason it's a state even is because of Dole taking it over. That's right. Yep, he paid the Navy. He paid the government, I mean, excuse me, <laughs> to, you know, for their Navy soldiers in order to go and overtake Hawaii from the Queen, Queen uh, Liliuokalani. She was held at gunpoint at San Francisco, I believe it was, San Francisco jail until she signed over the islands. In any case, when we're talking about Hawaiians, they were a very basic, I should say basic, but uh, it sounds horrible, but it's not actually. It's very, very holy. I mean, the language itself, it only has, what, 13 letters? That means it's mostly vowels, which would be the closest thing to light language there is. Um, you know, with the with the least amount of values, I mean. I mean, um, letters, right? So it, it was all vowels, you know, basically. Which is funny, because when you have um, Hebrew, right? Which most of our understandings of uh, Gnosticism come from and are ingrained in. Well, wasn't that no vowels, right? Uh, uh, even um, the first letter, right? Um, I don't know it in Hebrew, but I know that in Greek it, would, it was transferred to Aleph. Well, you know, uh, the Hebrew version is silent. It's the silent name of God, right? That's what it's called. So that's the thing, is that when it comes down to it, it's fairly obvious that Hawaii, with its connection to New Zealand and the New Zealand mythologies, because New Zealanders had um, Maui too, and they know the same stories, and they say it too. Actually, in New Zealand, they say that Hawaii used to be the highest points of the land of Lemuria. New Zealanders uh, were a part of that too. And you could see it, you could tell it. Yeah. I did an episode a while back um, explaining a little bit about that, but it was a really, really hardcore episode, so uh, I tried to delete it off of everything because, uh, oh God, yeah, you know, it, it was it was things that I didn't even want to believe. You know, and I said, okay, if I'm not going to want to believe in something, then I'm going to make my reality, create the reality. So I created it differently, in a sense, right? Lucid dreaming, lucid living. You know, maybe you might think of it as um, psychosis, but I figure, well, you know, the amount of crazy stuff going on out there, why not? This one's at least harmless, right? Now, the Kapu system is simple. It's very simple. There's a magic to our life. And the magic is in our actions, in our feelings, and in our thoughts. It, it formulates no way. And there's only certain ways that things can formulate from any action. For instance, 
uh, a person acting out jealousy is not going to act out jealousy if they're not jealous, right? <laughs> you know, a person acting out uh, love is not going to act out love unless they're in love. Now, of course, some of these actions might be, you know, um, faked, right? But you can tell the difference. You can tell the difference. The same way that when a meal is cooked with love, or when it isn't, well, you can tell the difference. And that difference, and between that difference, uh, the differences, is what the magic is. So you see that anything in a form of nature of authenticity is keeping true to the Kapu system. It's understanding and respecting the values of the full circle, the circle of the perspectives of the signs, of the zodiac, of the human emotional value system, of the universe. And things that are not, well, they disobey the magic. And that's not a, it's not a secret thing, you know. Um, we say that, you know, uh, nowadays, and there's certain circles, sure, you know, that... I mean, that's why they call it esoterics, right? Mysticism. This is mystical. Mind you, these are coming out of ages that would kill people and slaughter them, torture them for their belief systems. So, given that, given that this is not then, what's our excuse? Well, all I know now is that now we have a whole lot of stuff that are excuses for the ways that things are going. And things are not going good, right? They're getting better, and that's good. But let's not say that they're just magically getting better, quote-unquote, and kind of pun there. But these, this magic itself came from the hearts of those suffering, from the will of those taking action from the choices made that put forth the change. We are the creators, and it's our responsibility. This does have a huge factor in responsibility that we got to really appreciate, you know. And um, it really comes down to taking apart what we thought we believed and taking a good look at ourselves, each of us as individuals. Like, what do you want? Do you really want what you claim to want? Because if you're not going for it, if you're not taking the actions, then you don't want it. Simple as that. Now, I told myself I wanted to see my mom for 15 years. Oh, I don't have the money. Oh, I, I'll see her next time. Oh, uh, this and that. I got rent to pay. Oh, whatever. You know, fucking bullshit. I should forgive myself. Yeah, I know. I know, I'm getting there. But, I don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. 
because that gave me a superpower. Now I have no excuse. When I say I'm going to do something, I might put it off, sure. Yeah, because it's a Libra way, right? But it's not gone. And I finish what I start. I finish everything I start. Published a book. This is my second app. Uh, this is my fourth podcast. I've got like 30 websites. Uh, 11, 12 certificates, certifications. I've got my own certificate service now. And I'm not bragging at all. I'm not. I'm not. But I am asking that you yourself see that there's no difference between you and me. It's just choice, and so choose. Take the responsibility and um, help out others and theirs, too. Because we all fail. I fail at everything. That's the thing, you know. Like Einstein said himself, um, it's just that I don't, uh, what did you say? He said, um, I just stick with things longer than most people. That's what he said. And that's true. Now, we've got a whole age of really super powerful geeks and nerds <laughs> who have gone through intense training of video games. And what has that taught us? It has taught us to not give up, and to stick with things, and to utilize logic and imagination to create a harmonic outcome. And it doesn't matter if you uh, fail. You know, get back up. Try again. Right?
texting enrolls you into reoccurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Come on, one more rep. You got this. Uh, Ten. There it is. Nice work, man. You're a beast. <laughs> Thanks, man. I feel better than I have in years. And I got to tell you, taking Nugenics makes a huge difference for me. Nugenics? That's the uh, testosterone booster with TV ads with Frank Thomas. The big hurt, right? Oh, yeah. This is a legit product. The key ingredient is Testofen, which helps boost free testosterone levels and increase lean muscle mass. Well, it's clearly working for you. Hey, are they still giving out complimentary bottles for people to try for themselves? Yeah, Nugenics is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. Man, I need to get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics. No problem. You just got to send them a text. Text BODY to 42424 right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Nugenics samples are not available in stores, so text BODY to 42424 right now. Text BODY to 42424. That's BODY to 42424. Texting enrolls you into reoccurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Come on, one more rep. You got this. Uh, Ten. There it is. Nice work, man. You're a beast. (sighs) Thanks, man. I feel better than I have in years. And I got to tell you, taking Nugenics makes a huge difference for me. Nugenics? That's the uh, testosterone booster with TV ads with Frank Thomas. The big hurt, right? Oh, yeah. This is a legit product. The key ingredient is Testofen, which helps boost free testosterone levels and increase lean muscle mass. Well, it's clearly working for you. Hey, are they still giving out complimentary bottles for people to try for themselves? Yeah, Nugenics is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. Man, I need to get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics. No problem. You just got to send them a text. Text BODY to 42424 right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Nugenics samples are not available in stores, so text BODY to 42424 right now. Text BODY to 42424. That's BODY to 42424. Two four.